0: Welcome to Beer and a Movie, the podcast where we combine two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies, sometimes achieving outstanding pairings and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Dave Gurney, and I'm here with my family, which includes Joe Hilliard and Jim Fleury. Jim, thanks for being back with us. Half of the beer couldn't turn my back on family. That's right. <laughs> you know when it when it comes to family, yeah. you got to do this, right? Uh folks know what we're going to Oh, oh man. man, he he okay. was serious. All right, Joe warned us we need to have two glasses because <laughs> 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 Yeah, folks, just so you know, I, you know, because this is not a video podcast, Joe has taken out three rogue coronas that were not planned at least by jim and myself uh, to be part of this episode and yet they had to be on the table joe good call if we
1: were a video podcast we would put the labels toward the the camera absolutely so that everyone could know that we are drinking corona <laughs> at all times wow. G- gentlemen t- to family to, to family.
0: family all right um yeah so so we'll have well thank you that we'll, we'll have some nice light struck coronas that we can uh, sip on while we are <laughs> talking about things but joe actually had also procured uh another beer that i guess i don't know maybe we'll wait a moment to to open or maybe we should just get it open I, I i've what got no think? plan but it but it is a great tie-in it's called stop the car Right. And this is from Anchorage Brewing Company, which we've had. We've loved those guys. We I mean, have. Yeah. We have loved every I tried. feel like we've had some stouts of theirs that yeah. have been great. Uh, even some like big, maybe like double, triple IPAs or something. This one, though, I was kind of excited to see is a very different style. I don't think we've had a Saison from them. And they, they describe this as a Saison fermented in Missouri Oak Fooders. With Brettanomyces, and that it has natural carbonation, and and for those who've listened to the podcast or those who are beer nerds like us, you know that Brett uh, Brettanomyces is a specific strain of yeast that is very different than your typical um, mm-hmm. beer yeast, yeah, uh, the, and and it tends to create some flavors that some people consider off or or strange or funky or barnyardy and. And all that good stuff, which um, you know, can can be fun. And I enjoy some of those beers occasionally, but it's been a while since we've had one on the podcast. Yeah. And plus, like I said, Anchorage has
1: knocked it out of the park every time we've opened up one of their beers. I gotta say, this ice cold Corona is is hitting me just right. I brought it over in my little travel cooler filled with ice Yeah, and I didn't want to disappoint. I, I left the salt and lime at home. I hope you don't mind. I
0: should have been wearing a, a tank top. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I'm overdressed with or my or full t-shirt on. Yeah, we, I mean, we all should have. What
2: are sleeves about here? He didn't even have sleeves on in his wedding photo. You're that was the best part. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, there's oh well, so well, much to talk about. It, it, there always is. Yeah. Um, well, of course. I mean, we. I feel like we're just tripping into this, but it, it's it's hard not to. We'll we'll definitely open up that stop the car. But I feel like we, we'll uh, we'll maybe wait until it's time to stop the car or something in the middle of our our discussion. But clearly to those who've read the title, to those who've heard our little references that we're making to family and uh, Shirts Without Sleeves, you know what we're talking about, folks, here. Um, We are going to be discussing Fast 10 or Fast X. I I feel like the preferred title is is to say the 10 rather than go with the roman numeral and, yeah and say I think the it's only internationally
2: it's fast and Furious 10 right is it i think it's u.s is fast x
0: okay that so. we're, we're the only market that gets
1: just we're probably the, the
2: only one Interesting. And
1: I don't remind everybody, we did do Fast Nine and we did do Hobbs and Shaw and our ex-co-host, now a rotating guest, Carlos Cooper. Still family. Yeah. Oh, fucking A. <laughs> uh, was the one who kind of led those. You know, he, he, he is a fan of this franchise. And let's just give full context. I tolerated the franchise, you know, although I was kind of interested to see where they went after they went to space where could they go next and David I'm guessing you kind of feel the same way you you're not like eagerly awaiting every episode
0: it's it's hard for me to summarize it I mean I've I've been watching them all along I feel like there were a couple that I kind of missed as they came out Uh Um, but I've always been a fan of car chases I've I've liked a good car chase. Sure. I'm not a big car guy but I like movies that use cars as part of the action. So, And, and Jim, I've seen his car. He, he's accurate. <laughs> accurate about not being a car guy. Right.
1: Yeah. So, yeah.
2: so, Jim, what about you, though? Because I, I, you weren't here for any of those other discussions. So I was the perfect age when the first one came out in 2001. So I was 14, and that was, like, right in my wheelhouse. Um, I was a big fan of Vin Diesel. Triple uh, X was a movie I loved as a kid as well. What was, um, the, what was the first one? So pitch, the first one— Pitch Black was his big breakout role. That was a good movie. Yeah, that was a that was a good one. Um, and but he for- had the small
0: part in Saving Private Ryan. And he was
2: the Iron Giant, right? So he had those. But he, had, he it, in terms of like getting noticed, I think it was really. Fast and Furious, I think was like yeah. the, the first one, right? Where he really got big. Um, so that was like... I was right in the target age group for that right. movie. And right. so he was like the coolest guy in the world for like a couple of years before he started doing like the Pacifier and his like child... It's like on the Tooth Fairy, whatever else he was doing in like the, the <laughs> late 2000s, right? Um, but uh,
1: I thought Tooth Fairy was The Rock. It was The Rock. My clear.
2: bad. I'm, I'm, I'm confusing my uh, beefy uh, <laughs> bald actors. And the, and, that, and that's probably why they beef so much,
0: yeah, right? That they, they, yeah. they, they get that kind of cross like which which of us is like the bald muscle guy in the fast and fury we're both the bald muscle guy
1: and of course they're both appeared in the fast and the furious franchise and i mean twitter took care of the news but uh, the rock is not in this one uh, or he is he, is he? <laughs> that's right
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah that that was i mean well okay you were saying well the movies I think as they've gotten progressively more absurdist, they've really tried aping the um, James Bond franchise and Mission Impossible. But I would also say it's post Marvel Cinematic Universe as well, where yep. it's becoming a lot more of that cinematic universe, reviving more comic booky kind of revival of characters that are presumed dead. Yeah, oh, so I think it's time. become yeah it's become James Bond, Mission Impossible, and Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, onwards. and I gotta and I gotta throw in soap operas there too, because that's as
0: a as a young uh, consumer of media content, it was soap operas where I first became aware of the idea of a character doesn't have to die when the character dies. They can just come back. In fact, sometimes when they come back, they can be portrayed by a different actor. <laughs> now, that doesn't happen so
2: much in this franchise, but it is it, it feels very soapy uh, in, in that sense. Well, they refuse to kill off characters. I mean, even... Um in real life, of course, the death of, uh, of Paul Walker, his character is always referenced right. as being just like taking care of the kids. Although the mother is always able to uh, be taking part in dangerous car chases, but the dad is always at home. And he even makes a, a, an appearance, quote unquote, in uh, part nine at the end where his car arrives at a barbecue and then the camera just it cuts to black. That's right. So, that's right. yeah, they never really are dead. Yes. And so that's why the death of, can we talk about who yeah. dies? go ahead. Dies? quote-unquote, in this movie, uh, John Cena, when he dies at the end, which I, I laughed out loud when <laughs> he, he killed himself. I, I, just,
0: I couldn't see it. That is the problem. You guys don't watch wrestling, all right? But you can't see me. That's his Oh, thing. yeah, that's right, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay,
2: yeah, yeah. I know, okay, yeah. thought you were going. Um, but, yeah, when he sacrificed himself by flipping his car over a uh, over a, into another lane of a highway, you're like, okay, he's not really going to be dead. And I think that takes away so much from these movies, and I think that was my biggest problem is – You can just tell with this movie, they were trying so hard to bring it back to Earth, like referencing the ninth movie going into space. They were trying to make it more grounded, but at the same time... You cut from that that tragic car chase where it leads to a death in Rio de Janeiro, which looked so horribly fake, and then you cut immediately to Charlie Therone getting like attacked by a laser robot in, a, <laughs> just, in Antarctica, and it's just like, come on! And I la- I just kept laughing out loud during these moments. So I have a mixed feeling. Of is, is a plot synopsis required, and
1: will someone else
0: do it? You know, I'm gonna defer the Dave on this one. I'll I'll give it a tiny little try. I mean, you, you know the the thing they're gonna get caught up. You, I think you did a great job, Jim, saying like basically they've segued into that realm of like super secret spy agency missions that they're gonna be involved in. Except this one is a chunk of the team gets sent on a false mission uh, that is really a trap that's been set by somebody who unbeknownst to the team had been wronged by the team and that person is jason momoa who you know sort of announced as this new uh entrant into the the film universe just a few years back um playing dante what, what was the character's last name um, he's the
2: son of the villain from five
0: right and Dante Reyes and and you know and they even do that the prologue which is like sort of this reconstruction of that sequence from it's fast five you said yeah yeah, that uh, where they're taking the bank vault and, and stealing that and he is sort of even though he wasn't present in that film they've sort of grafted him into the the accompanying footage that makes it seem like he was a player along around and it, there is com- it
2: honestly is completely seamless
0: yeah i mean i i didn't detect any no. uh problems there um so anyway he's tra- entrapped them put them into this situation where it looks like they the team was was sort of uh putting a bomb in rome like trying to blow up the vatican Uh, Dom averts it enough so that it doesn't destroy the Vatican. It just blows up in the river there. But um, and and nobody gets killed, you hear on the news report, which is funny because for a franchise that spends so much time dispatching with these sort of nameless, faceless uh, agents, right? The agency folks get killed. And huge numbers,
2: which is usually the group they're aligned with. <laughs> but it's all a reaction to Man of Steel back in 2013, where there was so much outcry over that movie having so many callous civilian deaths at the is end. Is that right? Yeah, and so there's been all this course correction in superhero and these apocalyptic endings to these action films where they have to have news reports saying, no, thankfully, no, no one was harmed in the right. blast. Yeah. And it's almost more ridiculous when you hear that it's like a nuclear bomb just went off of the vatican (laughs) like someone's dead i'm sorry yeah
0: no somebody got hurt yeah (laughs) somebody got hurt mortally hurt yeah (laughs) um so they get trapped uh then they're on the run we have dom who's the head of the family vin diesel who is trying desperately to figure out how he's going to be able to sort of Clear their names, get them back, and has to go after Dante, who was the one who set them up. And so that, you know, that kind of just sets this plot in motion. And that's mostly what we see. And of course, we have all the different members of the team that you could imagine, save for. hobbs the the character played by uh the rock notably does not show up in the mix here everybody's in this movie but 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 just about everybody else who you could possibly expect to show up in this film and in fact a few others like momoa shows up newly even though he's grafted into the past sort of retconned as as part of the the past of this uh franchise uh, you have Brie Larson being brought in mm-hmm. as a new sort of stand in for Mr. Nobody, the daughter of Mr. Nobody, who was the Kurt Russell character in the past few films, who had sort of been the head of this agency that they had been aligned with.
2: Who was the missions. new guy?
0: The, the new head of the agency. Alan Richmond. <sighs> Is he a wrestler or something?
2: He's uh, an actor from uh, Jack Re- the Jack Reacher TV series. Okay. okay. He played, yeah, Alan Richson. Yeah. yeah, Ames. He also was one of the Ninja Turtles.
0: Oh yeah, it was Raphael. Yeah. I think yes. you're right. Yeah,
2: and and formerly Aquaman on Smallville. Oh, I see. They so have two Aquaman Smallville. in this movie.
0: Oh yeah, Momoa, and that's interesting. And they team yeah. and they team up. Well, geez, look, we just spoiled it, folks. <laughs> Sorry, because that's that's. <laughs> but something can we also we get to talk? So
2: I was. We'll talk about who returned, but I also wanted to just ask about the absences where was kurt russell's character because he is in the ninth movie yeah he's in the ninth movie but only in like the flashback scene so it's not like he like refused to come in or he wanted too much money he's just off somewhere and they never say where it's like are they is is that i feel like they're
0: building in mystery so that he can come out in the second part i mean the next one i guess is going to be is it going to be called fast 10 part 2 or is it going to be fast 11 i don't know the question is are you going to see it because oh, yeah, I well we'll see but I mean like this film of all of them that I can recall I mean, and may, may correct me if I'm wrong ends on the most or sorry the least conclusive note that I've ever seen any of these films end on I was walking
1: out I saw it alone I walked out the guy that was at the end of the aisle with his partner wife uh, said what just happened? <laughs> I, said, I don't know, and I, I I read later that it's a cliffhanger for a sequel. Because, oh, it's got yeah, to yeah. But it was
2: so clunky. It was, it was done. very
1: abrupt. Yeah, it's uh, Dom on top of a dam with nowhere well, to go you know, like except a, straight. A big down. chunk of
0: the team. You you had the uh, the Tedge, uh, Roman, Han crew, seemingly crash into like the side of a mountain or something, or, you know, whatever. And then you have Dom and his son. In Mortal Peril Right You have uh, um, Letty And Cypher Like Looking like they're getting rescued By a nuclear sub In Antarctica Piloted by uh, Piloted by Gal Gadot Who's Her character is Giselle Giselle Thank you Who we thought had died I think in the sixth film Yeah six or seven (laughs) Yeah so, but we know nobody stays dead in this universe, right? Um, but it's all like kind of, you know, th- th- there's nothing conclusive there. We just see her emerge out of it. Okay, they're going to, we assume they're going to get away. Um, it's probably not the same nuclear sub from. It's supposed to be actually the same. It movie. is? Yeah, it didn't they that mer- one
2: blow up? Didn't they reference that, didn't they reference that sub somewhere earlier in the film? Like the agency had like recovered it or something? Oh, maybe. See, so yeah, it's, it's all, every, everything is, comes I, back, even the vehicle.
0: This is what, I'm, I'm not a careful enough. Viewer in the in the cinema to really pick up on all those beautiful little details. Well, and that they with this roll franchise, you need an encyclopedic knowledge to even
1: stay there. Yeah. Okay, I liked the first half. I hated the second half. I liked the first half. I liked the okay. So uh, Jason Momoa has got a big round bomb going through uh, Vatican City, Rome, and it gets out of the truck, and now it's an Indiana Jones boulder that Dom has to. Uh, uh, what well, how would you put it like uh, sort of guide guided yeah. with his vehicle yeah, right. as it's rolling down the hills toward the vatican and it is absurd in nine we talked about how he jumped off of a cliff and then hooked onto a hook right. on a big chain oh, and that was a great that was a great swung <laughs> okay set piece so that, though, since that's you know, where we are, where yeah. physics doesn't matter and the weight of vehicles in motion does not matter.
0: Well, a car can drag two helicopters, by the way, sure. really, really pretty easily and make them drift. Well, no, as, no, as no, 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 yeah. no, no, yeah.
1: The helicopters get the car and they're lifting it off the ground. But if he can push the gas harder that's right. that's and right. then change front the so as gear, as then that's going to change <laughs> physics. Two cars dragging a a, a safe that is ten times the weight of the cars. Yeah. And that safe, of course, is swaying back and forth behind it. Yeah. They'll stop motion and inertia in this
0: universe. I mean, at some point, shouldn't they just... Synthesize this with the Transformer series and like the cars are all like actually sentient robots And they're more Ty powerful Reese's than in both of written. them. That okay, could work. There we go. I right? saw
1: a trailer before I This of uh, the, the new trailer for Transformers and they are downplaying the beasts I think that people don't like the idea that there are animal transformers because they're downplaying the beast oh, okay. They didn't change the title of the film. You just don't see the beasts in this mm-hmm. one. Anyway
0: uh, this so was, you like the
1: you like this up through so, that? This movie's just so stupid, and that's okay because it is, and yeah. people like it. And I was at what? Tapology before I came here, and someone asked, "What are y'all doing tonight?" Because I've been going over there on Mondays, grabbing oh, yeah. a Marty McPie's pizza and having a beer. Ran into our friend David there, and someone asked one of the bartenders, "What are y'all doing tonight?" Fast X girl, twenty uh, five, twenty eight. Yeah. Oh my god, it was so fucking awesome. Yeah, and I get it, and I'm happy that she had that experience. Yeah, I'm just sitting there a little bit older, thinking, "I, we're, we're here to enjoy this ride, and most some of, not most, but some of this ride is quite enjoyable."
2: Thoughts before <laughs> yeah. I, was, I, I was about to say, however, <laughs> I don't know thoughts. who this is made for because it's not. <laughs> cool Her, i mean the, he, the woman he just hung out with at tapology <laughs> the movie tries so hard to play like this like cool like reggaeton music like every time like there's like some scene beginning and it's like laughable because like the the moment i cracked up during well they did i will i will say they they
0: had um brazilian pop star ludmilla yeah is the uh the flag girl or whatever so there the one you, you have the that race. stunt
2: casting right of yeah. like cardi b being in part nine they right, have like that right so they can post about it on their media. we get some I mean, pete davidson in this one. Oh, oh we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that yeah let's get to that i have so much to that all right thoughts on that but scene. just the question of who this is made for because again i saw these when i was 14 i cannot imagine a 14 year old being like wow these are cool because you have all these actors I'm sorry who are getting old yeah. like Vin Diesel is as old as Roger Moore was I think an octopussy like he's not a young buck yeah, anymore yeah, right. and he's gonna be 60 years old by the time the next one comes out uh-huh. and I know he's shaving his head and he's trying to really hold on to his youth but it, it's I'm sorry but so you're getting older actors and then you're having this music that just seems so out of touch with like the tone of the film like the part in the beginning where it's in L.A. with Rita, Rita Moreno for some reason, you have the. I, now I was happy to like if you're gonna do the stunt, <laughs> the stunt casting, let it be some Rita Moreno who shows up. Who's there. literally I, getting walked around by the Jordana Brewster character as yeah. like her like crutch. Um, <laughs> the um, it's so sad. But oh. that's like the music that plays of like my city, my city, and it just it's every scene transition is more hilarious than the last the way the music is used. Yeah. but I'm just wondering who is this made for? I'm glad this this young woman at the bar liked it, but I can't tell who else would yeah it it it, it is a bit of a hodgepodge uh
0: at at this point. I mean, and it's funny you know Joe was mentioning uh, I can't remember if it was on the mic or if it was before where Joe was asking if we had seen it at Alamo because they did like a a a ten minute recap of the first nine films it was helpful Um, yeah right it kind of but you really do especially when you see it in that condensed uh, form where it gives you that like sort of very quick recap you see like this is a series that really went from being something very specific it was a street racing it was an undercover comp street racing film yeah. to start, and right? There, and there's an audience for that
1: because there's a street racing scene in every major metropolitan city, sure.
0: our size and larger. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you know they did that for the first couple films and that seemed to be enough. And then they kind of segued into that third film, which took us and- into the, the Tokyo Drift thing, which was totally disconnected at that time. And they've kind of retconned it to become part of it by bringing Han in and having other characters. But it, it was about like this underground racing scene in Tokyo, right, and the, this this other thing going on. And then by 4 or 5, right, then they kind of segue into this like, no, they're really so skilled with vehicles that they actually get pulled in by government agencies to help them out with things. And before you know it, they're actually just kind of like superheroes who basically armed with a car can do anything. Anything. Anything in the world. Anything. Yeah. Um, All right, stop
1: the car. Uh, Jim, pour a little this in your yes, glass. Because yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. now we've gotten into this Anchorage oh. brewing stuff. So yeah, the car. I wanna
0: so so we've been enjoying the Corona. That's been you know, people know what Corona is. We've we've done Corona on the podcast before. You don't need to if if you're in the mood for it, it's there for you, folks. You don't need to hear what I have to say. Quick about
1: question it. if you're at a Mexican restaurant and there's no craft beer there except for the major Mexican yeah. beers Medelo. Negro Medelo for me. I'm always a Corona man. Corona man. Fantastic. Lime and salt? Uh, so, Limon's
0: always. Okay. So I poured the stop the car and I'm getting on the nose. This is like very evocative of like, you know, a farmhouse ale. You, you get your, uh you know, like I was saying before, the, the Brett yeast is definitely prominent right on Thank the you. nose. Um, It feels like I'm going to the farm. It feels like I'm in the barnyard. Um, I'm going to enjoy sipping on it here as we talk. I'm getting a little bit of like citrus notes too in the, in the nose yeah. a little bit. Um, it's
1: a, it's a, very different beer than what we yeah. were enjoying. Uh, I would I would not mind being involved in the family that
2: cracked this open <laughs> so far. So what are these foders? Is that a tree or something? what does that mean? They are wood large They're wood barrels, barrels like barrel, very I, okay. large
0: wood like basically fermentation tanks that are made of wood almost. Okay, yeah. I never heard that word before. Yeah. But um, Learned something here about it. So movie. So, yeah, this, I mean, what this is at this point is hard. I mean, it is like akin to superhero films, it's akin to spy films, it's akin to racing movies, but it's sort of an amalgamation of those things. That- it, this is seven different movies.
1: This yeah. is, this is, it's... For it's, seven different audiences. I guess yeah. so, because you, you, the, then, then all of a sudden they're racing, so we can do the race. But otherwise it's a spy film, it's an action film, it's a buddy movie with the uncle Tej and the and son. The, oh, the uncle and the son, yeah. Uh,
0: you know, internal strife. The, 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 I, so, it, yeah, I, I mean, f- for me, this did feel... A little more flaccid than the last couple have, and when I say the last couple, I'm actually saying Hobbs and Shaw and Fast Nine, I guess. Where I, with those ones, I was pretty much the entire running time with it, and as absurd as it was, it, I was, I was at least laughing most of the time and enjoying myself. This one, I would say, I wouldn't say the first half. I would say probably had like the prologue was great. the The sort of Self satisfied parody of the like, you know, um, idyllic home life sequence w- was <laughs> funny. I mean, I was laughing out loud constantly during that because they don't how- match. Oh no, but it, but it's just like but it's so good. I mean, it's so yeah. funny. It's like you know that Vin Diesel is like, but, you know, like no, you gotta have me say something a little clearer about right. family. They, I've only got but one. Fear.
2: Make sure. That- and they bring in that Wiz Khalifa song from the seventh movie yeah. like, during the photos of Paul Walker. It when I was when I
1: was in the car with the little boy today, he said, "You ain't scared of nothing." <laughs> yeah, but I'm only scared of one thing, losing you, losing, losing you. him. That will never happen. I was dying. Um, I felt like I know, and I know I read, and I, I was kind of involved in watching Twitter about like Devin Diesel and the original director, whose name I don't know because I'm not that kind of expert in this franchise. Justin Lin. He well, uh, he was he,
0: he did Justin, the first one.
2: Oh, first one was Rob Cohen, who right. also wrote The Whiz. This is yes. uh, yeah. But but, he, but Lin had but Lin had done several. them all since off. Uh, Yeah, they had had a falling
1: out over the script. Mm -hmm. And I imagine it's because Lynn was saying, We can't put everything in this. And Vin Diesel was like, No, we're putting everything in this. (laughs) And they they did. Yeah. But then it's clunky ass dialogue. I mean, there's a lot of horrible dialogue here. I'm not even talking to franchise standards or whatever. There's the, the when uh, Brie Larson and the new head of the agency oh, are talking and it's all exposition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he, oh, he,
0: and they're in this space that, what, where does that exist? Where are these control rooms at the agency? Right, with these green flat screen, screen, screen no, I see-through. <laughs> but you don't even pretend to make it look like any control center that would actually exist. It's just like this big, yeah. empty, dark room with like these hanging yeah. screens that oh, are there. running out of a budget t- uh,
2: during COVID. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) the
0: the other thing the the architecture of some of this stuff like the secret prison facility that they're at. <laughs> like, the way this place is designed, the spider robot, uh, you know, that you were well, talking about earlier, that, that she's fighting. Like, w- why do we put this technology in, in the prison where we're, like, holding the most dangerous prisoners in the world? Like, So they can heal a wound uh, immediately. Isn't it okay that, that, like, if we're keeping them away from society, maybe it's all right if they get sick and die. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I have so many
2: questions. Okay, number one, <laughs> I really liked... Every scene that Jason Momoa was in, compared to Part Nine, I this is a tough one, guys. Film.
0: I got I got trouble with the Jason yeah. Momoa character. Uh, uh, go ahead, I, I'm, 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 I'm ready, ready to, to have this conversation. I, I don't. I'm, it's not that he wasn't there. I think he was giving it his 100. percent But why do we have to bring like the first like kind of? gender queer character into the franchise and he's the fucking villain. Well, like, not just that he's the villain, it's that,
1: are they playing the queer for laughs? Well, that's it's it. Like, this like weird it, I mean, laughs.
0: I, it was, it was weird laughs. And it was like, is it threatening that he's acting somewhat gay right now? Is that part of the threat? And, and
1: the scene where he's doing the nails of the two corpses. Now, that I that liked was, because it got I, so weird. Yeah, like
0: just that. There's agreed. no lead up to it. There's no reason why you know there are two corpses there. You just see him
2: interacting with these two corpses, but painting their nails. But he's the only character. I totally agree, though. It's problematic. But he is the only character that have any kind of energy in this film. Agree. And that was the problem with part nine, that John Cena, who is hilarious in most movies was so bland in that film mm. and then you have this film where there's so much life everyone but vin diesel is the only one taking it seriously and that's the problem yeah maybe rita marino maybe but everyone, else <laughs> taking it, everyone knows that they're in like a dumb movie and that's what makes it fun yeah. part nine was just too serious with my See, yeah
0: but i like i don't know like because family is such a thing <laughs> and to have it be his brother, who's the vet, like that 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 to me like okay if you're gonna bring drama into this it's like you invent a brother character for Dom who who's like his mortal enemy right now and but I just, I feel like it, in the script pitch meeting we could yes uh, you know
1: what we could do yeah uh, do that too and they, like the we were just. There wasn't enough room on enough uh, cork boards for all of the index cards that were created that day, and they just put it all in there, and it became overwhelming. Not that it was difficult to follow, but just so many characters, so many plot lines back and forth and back and forth. Uh, This movie has a lot of problems for a franchise film that I guess the audience generally doesn't care. Yeah, because I mean the, the dialogue was bad often. Um, uh, Tyrese and uh, Ludacris Chris get, really get into that, a what, fight, and then they did get into a fight. And then, well,
0: like they're two, they can totally fight anybody else, but when they're fighting each other, they're like slapping each other with like limp wrists and acting all weird. Like, yeah. what is going
2: on with that? And them? what was that? Right. Okay, two scenes I want to ask about. Number one, that scene <laughs> in B- Davidson's you said shop. Pete Davidson shop. Yeah. Okay, that scene. Then I also don't want to forget about the guy in the body bag during the, pu- the punching bag. So I want to address those two scenes because okay. I had no clue what was happening. Okay. Okay. So let's start with the Pete Davidson scene. Yeah. What? So I saw something on, maybe it was like Variety or something. People were just like wondering what is happening during that scene. But it was only about people's reactions to Pete Davidson. My question is, what was with the powder that Tyrese was throwing in the air? What was that about? Yeah, I don't know. Why? And that went on for like a, over a minute or two. Like what was happening? <laughs> yeah. Is that in
1: addition to the idea that um, Juan the, took the shrooms? Yeah,
2: like he, he got high. Yeah. yeah. But then... the So Roman, I guess the joke
1: is Pete Davidson's
2: the drug guy. But then he was like spraying... It was like magic like powder or something, but it wasn't yeah. even drugs. It was just like something he was like... Yeah, I don't. Announce, I don't know I, how to explain, explain that. I don't know,
1: and I thought that Pete Davidson was fantastic stunt casting. When you
2: yes, see his really? face, you go,
1: oh, "Okay, he, he's he's gonna do funny stuff." for five minutes. But he doesn't. He
0: doesn't. No. The <laughs> jokes are horrible. Okay, you th- you said on the surface it's f- it's good stunt casting, but in reality no, I'm it saying, doesn't work out. Okay, all right. Okay, Ex-Mr. Mr.
1: Kardashian, this would yeah. have been like, boom! That, that might be the young crowd that we're hoping to get. I think that's but exactly what it they're is. Giving, they're giving nothing to enjoy.
2: But yeah, he's there for like three hours of work in a studio in in Atlanta. That's probably all it is. But then there's the moment with Jason Statham, also probably only available for five or six hours. And then you have him punching... Uh, like with like a punching bag or whatever. Right. And well, then I got was actually set up in the post credit scene from
0: the last one. Did you, did, oh, did you see that? Rats, so that, no. well, no. And it, it's funny that I, I recalled it vaguely. I had to look it up after. I'm like, Oh wait, that was kind of, and at the end of the last one, there was a post credit scene where it's him. You don't see him at first. You just see somebody punching a, a punching bag and then it reveals it's Tim and then shortly after that, he unzips the bag, and you see there's a guy in the bag, and he's like, and the guy's like, oh, "I'll tell you where the drive is. I'll give you." And and then what? he says, "This drive," and he rezips it, and he's like, you know, goes back to punching him, and then the doorbell rings, and he goes, and it's on. And so it, it's actually oh, a, it's a, a, a flash forward to the scene that we're going to see unfold in this.
2: This movie is perfect. Then,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's still ridiculous how much time they spend on that, where Uh like this strange like middle-aged white guy it, just kind of pops out of the bag and it's his so favorite, under,
2: yeah favorite stunt favorite car thing <laughs> oh by far the stuff in Rome with that ball that was like the one time in these movies where it felt like the location mattered with like the rolling yeah. hills in Rome the, like that was Rodriguez, really really like, cool yes wheelie yes. into a like yeah. whatever yeah, that was hell, in the that, trailer like,
0: skateboard trick that she did with right. the motorcycle o- over a,
1: a, a thing in the way yeah, of that was that riding was her motorcycle that, that was that great did. but that was like easy compared to the, some of the other stuff that they were trying to, yeah. to pull off I mentioned the two cars that had drugged the safe out Which was that a flashback to a, another movie that yeah five. that was Fast yeah. Five okay but yeah. then we got an extended scene of what that would have looked well, they, like here. that was
0: where they grafted Momoa into it he didn't okay. exist in well, that film regardless that, yeah. the whole time I was like that safe would be. and then they grafted what's his face, Atchison, into it later in the film, where they show that he was the guy that, I mean, that's, there is, I I, am in such mixed emotions about this film. I did not terribly, I did not enjoy it all that much. But I did enjoy it. I don't know. It's like such a. You're absolutely right. There were definitely moments in the film where I was just like, "Oh, this is a chore to sit here and watch," and I wish this was more fun. And then something would happen, and I'd be like, "Oh, that's so ridiculous." Okay, I am having fun again, and this is funny. But then it would, I would lull again, and so like there was like a good, exciting first half hour or so that I was right with it, and then I felt like, and then we got the Rome stuff. That was good. Then it got bogged down again. And then it kind of picked back up and it really started pushing the absurdity again like the john cena coming out with that little (laughs) mini plane that we thought was maybe a kayak or a surfboard or something that like somehow grew in size once it got into the belly of the plane (laughs) it was a
1: transformer defied physics yeah
0: um, and and you know like I already referenced Dom like pulling along those two helicopters to yeah. use is like you know well, he sort just pushed of battering the battering yeah. yeah I mean it you know there's some ridiculous stuff and in the Jason Momoa the problematic there were moments that were lively and fun about that I, I don't know this this series it, it feels like something that we're not going to be rid of anytime soon this movie is making way too much money for us to not see more of them. So coming So the, I'll ask
1: the question that I asked earlier. Coming down the road. You gonna go see the next one? What, what well, happens gotta, to Dom on the
0: top of that dam? I gotta find out how Dom and his son live. I gotta find out how all those Right, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I
2: don't know. I... I I'm curious about how I've read that the budget for this is so incredibly high because of the director getting replaced. They he was fight, he quit one week in the filming. Wow. Oh, is that right? Yeah, it was, it was already filming. It wasn't I knew over. It was, the I was probably it. the script, but he said my mental health is not worth this. And, because he was so clashing with Vin Diesel. Yeah. Um and the budget skyrocketed because of COVID as well. So it was like 300 plus million. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's going to struggle to make a profit, although it probably will. Um, it's declining in the U.S., so the market is getting smaller and smaller okay. for it. So okay, originally but it's supposed always to be been two. a great international always. franchise. Which is why there's so many international locations, of course. Right. So this was supposed to be the first of two parts of a finale. Now it's threatening to be three. I highly doubt that will happen. That seems like announcing a sequel to a film that has projected the bomb that weekend in, in theater. So I, I'm assuming there's only going to be one more would okay. be my guess. Okay. I don't think we're going to see like a divergence. You think f- we might be at the end? I think those. we're totally... I think that it's all... It's all... Um, I think Dom's
1: son will... M- be probably a Harry
2: right, like twenty years from now, it'll be a Force Awakens type thing in like twenty thirty. No, like a Spy Kids situation. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they could do. They already do that on uh, Netflix. There's already a Netflix uh, kids series, I think. Okay, felt oh, so like
1: it's Fast and the Furious. Yeah, related? it's a Fast and Furious like kids t-
2: cartoon series with Vin Diesel making appearances oh, as like the uh, mentor figure. Okay, nice. yeah. So it, yeah, there's a whole like transmedia universe out there. Uh, Mister dumyagi Yes, he's Miyagi of that. Oof. But yeah, probably one more, and that's probably it. Huh. That would be my guess. Interesting. At least for this run, in the, in the, and they'll do like, a legacy with any in like franchise. 2040. Yeah,
0: they they can revive this uh, further down the road when they want. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I I I like that you're being bold with the prediction there, and I know you have some some good reasons to have that prediction. I, I know. So. I feel like Dave. You I know how
1: you feel about it. Jim. How did you? I mean, did you enjoy it. You, I, I did much more than nine. Okay.
2: Um, will I see a sequel? As long as Momoa's is in it, I will. I thought he's, <laughs> he's a gotta brought, be. He's he gotta brought be. so much life into this movie. Um, if he's in it, and if spoilers, Dwayne Johnson is actually going to be in it because he was in the oh, post. He was now. in the post credits of this one. Yeah. So he'll once- and in
0: a way that makes it clear that uh, Dante, the, the Momoa character is targeting him. I mean, like, yeah, exactly. The, the sequel, the the continuation, whatever we call it, the second part of this finale has to have him
2: in it and without Dwayne Johnson that was what the ninth movie was missing was that like his energy and so I think having those two on screen that's gonna be a lot of fun yeah so I'll be okay. there
1: all right well what did you think about stopping the car we've talked and talked about Anchorage we've done Anchorage we love Anchorage but we've never done one of their uh... say the
0: word for me David Farmhouse Brett Beers. Saison Brett Amiases Bertan Brett Bertan Amiases I love the syllable out uh I enjoyed this very much. It was it did not
1: hit you over the head with they, the Brett. It I was mean, subtle.
0: I'm not surprised because Anchorage like we've said does great work with so many different styles that they had a very dialed in like cuz you can get some of these Brett beers that get real funky, yeah. real nutty like you know um I like Orval which, which is a Belgian beer that mm-hmm. uses Brettanomyces. Yeah. We've had Orval in the, and But that can get pretty. It gets dry. It gets really jaw hinge. Yeah, um, and you know, even that, like it, it pushes my palate. This one actually was a fairly mild and well balanced take on that. Jim, how did you feel?
2: Much lighter than I was expecting, and it was only what six. Point five, I think. So yeah. I was expecting so much more. Um, well, I loved it. It was so smooth, and it was a gr- good pairing to the uh, Corona, <laughs> which, I yeah. st- which I still have at least a third. Yeah, me too. Uh, well, guys, uh, yeah. Well, we, we had our
0: family barbecue here with, with Fast Ten. Um, we're gonna travel back in time. Yeah. For our second half. And drag racing was real. Kind of yeah, kind of doubly back in time in a, in a way. And, and look at maybe what what could be considered the first uh, ever nostalgia film at least if you want to listen to frederick jameson on the topic when we get back from the break <laughs> we're back and Whoopah. getting ready to like i said travel back in time when cars were really cool and really fast and the you know the I don't know what whatever lingo from the 50s early 60s I could throw in there. I don't have any Daddy-O, cool man, whatever, yeah, bitchin', whatever. bitchin', they don't they don't even use those terms. <laughs> anyway, before Why don't we you get... sit on a duck. <laughs> there you go. Well, before we get into any of that uh, strange throwback to another era, we need to get a beer in our glass, Joe. And I told I know you, I, I you brought something. I told you, David, that I lo- uh, that last week that I brought
1: you that Pilsner because mm-hmm. I just want to bring David what he likes. Aww. So I did it again. What this another Pilsner? Our twelfth time to Untitled Art. Ooh. We are doing American graffiti, uh-huh. so we are having literally their beer, beer. American Pilsner. (laughs)
0: Beer, beer. (laughs) Thank you, Joe. Wow. I'm I'm going to read from their
1: website. With the wide variety of innovative beverages made by Untitled Art, it can be hard to choose what to sit down with at the end of a long week. Treat yourself with a decadent pastry stout? How about a fruit-loaded sour or hard seltzer or double dry-hopped hazy IPA? I'm gonna skip on down because they make a lot more examples.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, sometimes, though, you're craving, for lack of a better time, a, a better term, an old-fashioned beer. Beer. We've crafted a crushable lager with a light, crispy body, moderate hoppy finish, called Well Beer. Beer. A pilsner for you, my good brother.
0: Just like they would have drank back in the 1950s, going into the early 1960s. If
1: you weren't having Old Harper.
0: Yes. Right. Right. Which was is that a whiskey? Did I, did I, did I think it was a bourbon. It? Is that it? If I had to guess. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Joe. I'm. This is two pilsners in a row. This is wonderful. At least episode wise, um, yeah. This five point five. Good, you know. Yeah, and we love on. Unti- it's our twelfth time to yeah. visit Untitled Art. Yeah, so. great stuff. They always give us great stuff um well the the film we are going to be talking about in our second half we wanted another car movie we right. wanted another in the end joe even actually put this out to our discord oh, yeah join that yeah absolutely um and asked them hey here's a couple films we're thinking about pairing with fast 10 what do y'all think and the two options were uh bullets the Steve McQueen film uh, that has a notorious car chase sequence sure. in it that you know is, has been sort it, of never seen that movie championed as a yeah it's great film I know I have, I have Quentin seen Tarantino it. writes about it at length in his new nonfiction uh,
1: cinema we'll cover it and somewhere. getting
2: remade by Spielberg oh is that one being up? yes really yes, next starring
1: film. interestingly a CGI uh, Paul Walker go yeah go exactly ahead. <laughs> coming back <laughs> no that would be
0: smart Bradley yeah.
2: Cooper actually is going to be bold. oh, oh that makes
0: wow sense. that that does make sense such a handle. Fella. Um, well, bu- bullet didn't get it folks. Cause the other option was the one that took the day. And that was American graffiti, the 1973 film directed and written by George Lucas, along with a couple other folks who, who helped him write it. Um, Lucas, of course, if you don't know his name already, most associated with the star Wars franchise, right? That he went on to make just after this a few years later. Um, Partly on the success of this, that he was able to get that project off the ground, um, but this film, his first real successful feature, because his film before that, THX, uh, is it one one three one one three eight, which isn't on the license plate.
2: It's on the same. It's the same cell block where Chewbacca goes on the Death Star.
0: There you go. He's got to bring it up and all of his stuff, yeah. right? Um, it had not been a great success, but, you know, was able to parlay that into a film that's really kind of a slice of life coming of age comedy drama set in the course of one evening, one night at the end of the summer when largely a group of high school seniors, people who've just graduated high school and are kind of a couple of them on the precipice of going off to college, some kind of just coming to terms with the fact that they're gonna be sticking around, and this is in Modesto, California, um, live out this kind of like last night of their youth in a sense. Um, Some some of them will be leaving for college, some of them will not be. Right, and very much, uh, ensconced and and you know totally uh, part of this car culture that's going on there, right? This cruising that goes on, where they're just kind of driving around the city, scoping for each other, picking up people, having these conversations, and so there's a lot of cars in it. And of course, the the culminating climax of this film. Is a car race of sort, a drag race um, that we go into. So, so, a great car film in that sense, and one that certainly evokes that sort of early era of drag racing and drag race culture that fits very well with The Fast and the Furious, where its origins were, sure. and that kind of dra- underground drag racing scene uh that was going on or that, that still goes on but that, that it was kind of capturing so um the, what's what else is notable about this film if you haven't already seen it it's got a cast of folks who some were already famous some who kind of went on to bigger careers after some who actually faded a little bit after but you know you got richard dreyfus as kurt one of the guys who's getting ready to go off to college you have ron howard as steve who another one of the guys who's getting ready to go off to college Paul matt um is John Milner who's this kind of throwback to the 50 the, the, I mean this is set in 1962 so this is a film that is sort of right at the tail end of what people tend to think of as the 1950s in the sense that it's right before Kennedy gets assassinated it's right before we really see the liftoff of the counterculture before drug culture kind of takes the direction that it did mm-hmm. um before the 60s properly yeah. happens um and you you have uh you know Charles Martin Smith uh in, Cindy in there Williams. Cindy Williams Mackenzie Phillips Harrison Ford Harrison Ford and and uh you know in a, a smaller role but one that's very important Wolfman Jack that the, the, the famous part. DJ playing a DJ. Um, playing the Wolfman but yep. you know surreptitiously uh, and and lots of other little uh, you know Suzanne d- Somers bits in there Suzanne Somers oh, right. in a very fleeting moment I Del- saw a goddess Del Close oh, who's sort of an improv comedy legend shows up in it so there's, there's a kind of a star studded cast but a young cast at the time and one that was uh, some were unknown some, Ron Howard obviously had had a great career as a child actor and this was actually kind of his transition film where he's like playing a bit more of an adult role um, after playing Opie and, and all that. And, right. And laying the groundwork for Richie the Cunningham. nostalgia of Happy Days. Yeah, right? I, I, and,
1: when I, I saw this movie, I grew up on Happy Days as a rerun uh, on, you know, four channels available to you on television. I got to get up and change the channel when I was a young kid before these things called remote controls came out. I, the first thing I remember when I saw this movie for the very first time is, well, this is just Happy Days. The Happy Days is this... Movie turned into a TV show. When I saw this movie for the first time, I don't think that Dazed and Confused had come out yet. But when you watch Dazed and Confused now, a movie that I love and still love, watched it recently, you can tell that the Richard Linklater said, I'm going to make American Graffiti. I'm going to make it in 1970s rather than the yeah. 1950s. Because yeah. every single beat, every single one, including... Uh, Oh God, I can't believe I can't remember his name. Long hair, pinches his nose, and, and dazed and confused goes in to try. Wiley to, Wiggins. Wiley Wiggins. What's his character's name? He's the Mitch. Mitch tries to go in and buy alcohol, just like Toad oh, yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. the same fucking movie, and they're both cards on the table. Incredible. <laughs> I love this movie. I love, love, love this movie. I'm so glad it won our Discord poll because it was just a chance to watch it again.
2: Yeah. So it makes me, I, I, Cards and Table 2, love this film. Mm. Love it. Um, but it makes me wonder, are there equivalent movies of other decades past the 70s, right? I mean, of course, um, Linklater made that yeah. one in college, right? That was set, was that still in the oh, 70s, yeah. though, I think? Um, I think it was set in the 80s. Maybe early 80s, uh, right? It was early 80s. Everything, everybody wants some. It was not some. one of his better films. Yeah. It, yeah. but I think, Everybody wants some. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, other definitive high school movies of the decades, right? It would be, like, Fast Times. Fast times. But that was That was in its era. That was, same yeah, yeah. thing with Clueless. Right. Same thing with Mean Girls. Right. And it just makes me wonder, are there other films that are the, that kind so, of nostalgia for the 80s, 90s, and so on? Maybe Stranger Things would be, like, you know, but it's not the best of life. Yeah, I think the
0: closest, life. you know, like, we, we, on TV you had that 70s show, which was sort right. of a parallel to Dazed and Confused a few years later. Right. And they've revived it as that '90s show, which I have not watched, uh, but it's on Netflix, I right. believe. I ima- imagine that might have some whispers of that. Um, but you're right. I, I I was thinking that too when I was watching this, because you know this is a a project obviously that uh, Lucas was doing about a decade after the time it set right. So this came out in '73. It's depicting '62. This is roughly the time that Lucas was that age you know like getting ready to go off to college and all that so him reflecting back on his youth as he's you know kind of entering his you know 30s or whatever and kind of looking back on that I think Linklater was doing something similar with Dazed and Confused looking back a bit further from the early 90s back into the 70s but yeah I don't know that I can think of somebody who's done that more recently where they've you know
2: sort of taken that look back to the 90s or the 2000s and you would think right now especially with 2000s like fashion and everything coming back that their time would be right but is also comedies are they just not playing well at the box office and that would just get relegated to streaming and not well, get attention. Well it's also
0: like how do you capture it's it's hard to know because I mean part of the you know obviously I, I wasn't there for 1962 just, just you know being totally I'm old but I'm not that old um, and so I don't have but this to me feels like an era that could be captured in a fairly succinct way through a film like this that maybe the 90s or 2000s would be tougher to capture as well. Where, or at least we were more acknowledging the diversity of cultures that was going on in the 1950s. Like mainstream culture was a fairly narrow lane that certainly the teenagers of Modesto, California fit in pretty smoothly. And we didn't have to think too hard yeah, about it wasn't now.
1: Va- there was not a variance. At least in Days to Confuse, you have a couple African-American characters. You know, this is just what it was. A bunch of white kids. But also going back and, to you.: And it was... I, I looked. I couldn't find that it had ever been done before. This is kind of a landmark notion. The, a night in the life of doing nothing but driving around being kids. And yeah. getting into crazy adventures.
2: Yeah. Well, I would say two points to that. Number one, going back to Joe's point about having four channels at the time, right? Culture past, once you got cable in the late 70s, 80s, became much more fragmented. Yeah. It's only become more fragmented since pop right. culture, at least, right? So there wouldn't be as many universally, quote unquote, because uh, again, not acknowledging diversity in these older films. Yeah. There's not as many universal experiences, I think that you could do in the 80s, 90s, and so on, right? Because of the fragmentation of pop culture. That's a
1: very good point. I
2: think that's part of it. Secondly, though, to your point, rats, that you were just mentioning (laughs) about about a minute ago. Like well, I was ago. saying
1: that this is the first time I, I was trying to right. do a little research. It's the first time I've seen something, a, a night in the life of, there's not a real plot here, yes. although there is.
2: Okay, so that would be, I think, two things. Number one, the teenager segment of the audience was not really a thing until the 50s, right? In, right. Tr- in films, right. right? Where you start to get movies like The Wild One, Rebel Without a Cause. Blackboard yeah. Jungle, which yeah, gets exactly. referenced pretty overtly right. with the rock around the clock. Yeah. Definitely. Right, so like by like the... Early like mid fifties is when you started to get that consumer segment and there would not have been that nostalgia for like world war two. Like you wouldn't want to talk about like rations or something in the late fifties. Right. (laughs) Right. So I think that's part of the great depression. So I think the fifties were seen as more of a idyllic time, early sixties, a more idyllic time for some people. Um, but I do think that, um, that's, that's partly why you're getting, you you don't have these earlier films. Yeah. Right. And that nostalgia, but I also can't, I can't imagine, uh, yeah, a movie from the 80s or 90s being like this, like made today. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it would be tougher. I think like you say, the fragmentation that went on w- once we got into an era where there were more, I mean, whether we're thinking about television more channels, we're talking about like access to music, we're talking about different radio stations ava- you know, th- there's there was a proliferation of different variations on popular music yeah. and in uh, popular culture in general that I think would make it tougher. To, to kind of nail down or, or to really sort of focus on. That said, I think it could be done. I think you just need to be. I mean, a that's what Stranger specific. Things is totally doing, right? Yeah, 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 you're right. That's a good
1: point. What this film does so well is it introduces you to the core characters, mm-hmm. and it makes you like them immediately. Toad, when he makes his entry on his little moped, and he thinks he's got it in park, but he doesn't. In the gas yeah. he, yeah. Yeah. This guy's a buffoon. He's the nerd. Whatever. Uh, then he gets a immediate. Uh, transformation when Ron Howard, who's leaving for college, says, I want you to drive my, I mean, I don't know cars, gorgeous car. You yeah. can uh, put nothing but Castro, the five weight 30, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Toad gets uh, this like a graduation into coolness, even though he's not a cool guy still. And then gets this gorgeous girl to drive along with him where then she says, yeah, I know what you yeah, I do think you're smart. I think you can probably get us some booze. And then that leads to a hilarious scene. in again, yeah. in a, a liquor store where he's trying to get uh, alcohol asking people outside who hadn't been there, who hasn't been there themselves. I did that once or twice in my own life, Richard Dreyfuss. I think does some phenomenal acting. It sets him right up to be, uh, the lead in Jaws because uh, he's, he's his acting in this is just impeccable. The weak link acting wise for me is Ron Howard. He's wooden yeah, and agree. stilted and it's just kind of like, he's just, he's, he's not at the caliber that some of the other actors are.
0: Yeah. I don't know that, 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 that doesn't bother me too much. I, I think it's, it's appropriate. He doesn't come
1: across as the big man on campus that is being presented to be. Although he's a funny scene about pimple cream in the bathroom,
2: which I, <laughs> Just laugh every time I yeah, see yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. No, Look, guys,
1: he's got pimple cream. Hey, give me some of that. Yeah,
2: it's definitely Dreyfus's film.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I, I, th- I think Dreyfus's is really kind of the, well, and he's the guy who actually decides to leave, right? I mean, like the, the if if the t- one of the core tensions of the film is like, do you leave and go off to do other? Th- do, are you going to m- move away from? Here? Are you stuck in your sort of rooted in mm-hmm. your childhood and where where you started out? Or can you move on and do bigger things and different things? And, you know, Dreyfus as Kurt is the one who is able to kind of ultimately, even though we start the film with him second-guessing that and saying that, no, he's maybe not going to, um, we see that he actually can. Even though he has this sort of like fantasy um, flirtation with the with Suzanne Summers, right? This unnamed woman who's in this white, is that a Thunderbird? I think is that so. A, yeah, a, a white Thunderbird. Um, that he like ultimately does get to connect with on the phone But then it's kind of like no, I'm not gonna. Th- this isn't enough to keep me Here is this pining after this particular woman um, I'm, I need to go off and, and do something here and and yeah
2: as someone from a small town this really identify I identified mm. so much with a central tension in this film and I think that's what helps it just stand that test of time is that yeah. for so many people graduating high school this is exactly the conflict a lot of people go through or graduating college or whatever it may be right and i think it it, maybe that's what helps it stand apart from yeah as great as i like days to confuse i think this movie has that more universal um appeal as a result of that that Mm -hmm, central tension yeah
1: i looked up the soundtrack uh to buy it on vinyl that's impossible this soundtrack was so popular as was the Dazed and Confused that they did another Dazed and Confused and another American Graffiti more American I had reality. both Dazed and
2: Confused albums yeah on right. the vinyl uh on CD
1: okay yeah. that this album I mean I'm sorry this movie just watching it alone you uh, know my place I sa- I sang I sang the entire movie I mean like you know from from uh Rock Around the Clock I mean all through it it was just the soundtrack is impeccable. It's a perfect picture of capturing a time. Yeah, is this one yeah. of the
2: first jukebox like soundtracks like that? Right? It I don't know. It likely is.
0: Um, I do. I wish I. I wish I knew more definitively. But yeah, it's certainly. You're
1: asking the right guy. I'm surprised it he had know. a huge.
0: Well, no, I mean, but it. But it does. I think in a way that you. I can think of few examples it,
2: prior to this, right? That would it as For exhaustively skunk, it. have gone because,
0: through, yeah?
2: Because exactly going back to Joe's question of how many earlier films were as nostalgic as this, right? And could it have could market on that kind of soundtrack because obviously music before the fifties would not have been that kind of radio hit, right? It would have be like you know Benny Goodman right. music from the thirties or something, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's completely different.
0: I mean, I think I think the the only real omission that you have on this soundtrack is that there's no Elvis, um, which apparently had to do with the, the fact that they were able, that they weren't able to uh, negotiate with RCA, which was his label to be able to use yeah, that. seems like it would be a thing. But, you know, like when, when you think about the 1950s, uh, early 1960s and, and what the sound of that era is. I mean, we even get into the Beach Boys, the yeah. Beach Boys. Right. Nah, no, turn so far, that I hate yeah. that beach shit. I hate that <laughs> surfer shit. I hate that surfer shit. <laughs> which would have been cutting edge at the time. Sure. Which right. would have been very much which like, is, that, is, oh, this true is, to his is the new kid trend. Yeah. But I don't want that. Yeah. True
1: right. to his character stuck in a time. Right. Right. Yeah. But four or five years ago, it would have taken you three hours and a full tank of gas to do the whole circuit. Yeah. Meaning drive up and down the road one time. Right. Man, I graduated from high school in 1990, which meant that from '86 to '80 to '90, we were doing that. Me and my friends in our cars, hundreds of kids going from going to Taco Bell on Everhart. So many kids there that the cops would eventually show up and say, "Move along, move along." And that meant we'd all go to San Andrews Park, and then the cops would move along, and we'd all go back to Taco. I mean, this is just. Bored kids with nothing else to do. Yeah, and Richard Dreyfus gets the adventure of it all. You know, like he gets to in with that
0: gang. It, you know, it's just, it's just which great. is some of the funniest stuff. Oh, in the sure. Film. Like yeah. the the prank they pull on the cops. Right, like pulling the axle off the car. I mean, that that's classic. Yeah. yeah,
1: This movie is so much fun. If you haven't seen American Graffiti, I mean, Run Don't Walk.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely it, it is a classic. It is something to see. Um, I think you know the birth of George Lucas. All of it. I mean, it's just yeah, it's all there. yeah. I think I think you, for for that reason, there for the reason of like this is a film that captures a certain era in a very you know sort of vivid way, uh, youth culture as it was sort of just unfolding, like what what it meant to be a teenager when it was kind of being defined. I think there's lots of reason to see it. Um, it does have some of the vestiges of that era, like in terms of the gender politics. I mean, there's not a single female character in this who has a future ahead of her, who actually like talks about that in any serious way. Um, I think that's kind of weird and, and, and it plays stranger to me now when I watch it. Oh sure. And I think, Oh God, it's weird that maybe Cindy Williams, her only picture. yearning is to keep Steve back with her. You know what I mean? Like she doesn't have anything that she wants to do for herself. Um, and, you know, I think the, the exception I think, there I think maybe if they, being... If they were capturing a
1: few years in the future, we would have had a much different film. Well, but and they do. very time but, appropriate. But
0: before I... I think maybe the exception there, Carol helps save the film to a certain extent from being totally devoid of any sort of, you know, slightly critical kind of pushback on that. Carol is the young character played by Mackenzie right. Phillips who, who so, rides so along right. with um, Milner the Paul Lamont Ma- Matt character who's you know kind of you know he's the old school yeah. like greaser who's who's kind of, of really rooted to the yeah. to the 50s drag culture that he was part of um, and he's already kind of you know he's predicting his own demise yeah. that he's like aging and he's not gonna be around much longer um, but she's this kind of like youthful vitality who won't take no for an answer and sort of like makes things. She's a pest, but she's a, she gets shit done. I sure. mean, like that's you know, like I I think she's, she's got great. she's got great charisma, great screen, uh, you know, the presence. I and it's it's only sad to me that Mackenzie Phillips never went on to have. I mean, I know she did have roles after day at this, time. one day at a time, right, yeah. television. But she never went on to be as great an actor or great a performer as I think she maybe could have, yeah, just based on this. I really do that that's a standout performance here for me that helps You're right. to make that a little bit more digestible. And I do think there's also some sly commentary in there when you have that, I can't remember the teacher's name who had gone to Middlebury for a semester. Oh. who was Kurtz sort of a mentor of a sort who he like interacts with and there's that real like you it's know intense. the girl then approaches him after and like it's clear that they're having some kind of relationship it never really gets fun. but you can tell that like turns kurt off it's like oh yeah this this is what happens if you stay behind it's like maybe yeah. you just become the teacher who's preying on young no, girls right. who yeah um a lot of, this, this film's packed but but it's interesting because jim was brought it up you know before i think we were talking on the main episode as we were uh, you know in the break there that more american graffiti was made there was a sequel to this film following many of these characters not all though i think somebody didn't no, uh, i think uh, dreyfus how- didn't return
2: and ron howard i he's still he's, he's in, in it i in think it. Yeah. yeah i don't yeah. know how big of a party is yeah, but but I've never seen it. Was it was capitalizing off of Star Wars because Harrison Ford, I think, makes a cameo. and Okay. Yeah, I think it was probably like beyond the Poseidon adventure where it's like, you know, just a not a really, really bad version of yeah. the same movie. So I, I haven't seen it, but it, it does take place,
0: like, I think, actually, I think it's over the course of several years from what I read. It, I, I it it's very experimental just, is what I've read. And. And it get, gets into that transition into the 60s with the counterculture and, um, you know, obviously the, we do get this weird
2: little epilogue there with the, where we see that... The a, where we, the, where they are now. And that's exactly. what I wanted to ask about. Yeah. Right? Was this movie critical of nostalgia? Because if you see it as purely celebrating nostalgia of the yeah. time, that's problematic, right? Because it's set in 62 before, you know second wave feminism is really taking off before the civil rights you know are gained gained and there's so many problems saying this is like the golden era of what we should strive for right it just that would rub me the wrong way whereas I try to read it as more critical of nostalgia, right? Which is why I think and, there are
0: glimmer, glimmers of that critical and and the fact that, you know, as we said, the heart of the film ends up being Richard Dreyfus, who's right. Kurt, who decides to leave. He's not gonna stay. He's forward thinking. And that's
2: what that's it, the whole point. He, I think he,
0: right? he decides that no, it isn't just about chasing women. It isn't just about it's like he needs to find something else, he needs to move into a different area. So I, I think that there's enough there. Um, but it's, but it's, you know, it, there's a mix. It's like, it, it is celebrating this moment. It is sort of embracing this moment, but it's also pointing to, okay, but it can't last forever. And something needs to move, yeah. move forward. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I'm glad we get to, to lovely, cover this one. Lovely film. Great there, film. There's so much going on in it. Um, and and I agree with you both that if, if you haven't seen this already, by all means, check it out. It's on Netflix wonderful yeah so um this beer Joe beer beer yeah (laughs) as it's called (laughs) untitled Um, 6.5 no hold on 5.5 yeah
1: Yeah.
0: Um, we've been sipping on enjoying Um, I have been enjoying I do like it Um, is this my favorite Pilsner of all time yeah Mm, probably not right Um, there's something it's not as clean and crisp as I want a pilsner to be. I think there's a little bit more, I almost felt like, the, when I was taking my first couple sips, there was almost something that was a little bit like the the slight like hint of fruitiness that you get from ale yeast, which you don't typically get with a lager, and it's a, usually a much cleaner sip with it with a true lager sure and this one kind of and it's weird for untitled art who i think are kind of masters of whatever they decide to do that they couldn't for me produce a great but that i don't know that that's my palate that's my it's very drinkable i'm not saying at all it's a bad beer but i would not put this in my top five pilsners that i yeah, had they're, they're going American for something crab. aren't they
1: it, it doesn't pour clean and crisp like the pilsners that we've been you know having over the last few weeks it almost pours like a hazy ipa um and it,
0: it is a little hazier that you're right
1: yeah. yeah and it uh has a you say fruitiness i would almost hey, I, I could go with you there almost almost a Penis? Well, yeah, I think there's a hot, yeah. which should be there with the Pilsner, not like but, but So it's uh, maybe it's Untitled Art putting their stamp on what, yeah. a, what their Pilsner is going to be. I would drink another one of these. Yeah. And thank God there was
2: a four pack because I got another one in my refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, what do you think? Are you a Pilsner fan? Generally? I love, I normally love Pilsners, but I can totally see yeah, it's, it's hoppier and they, they comment on the hops that they're using in yeah. here, right? Yeah. On the can. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not my favorite Pilsner it's super drinkable, uh, but it's it's no uh Pilsner or Kell. Uh yeah. Would, yeah. Um, but it's
0: it's but I do think I do think if you were to pour this in or or hand the can to somebody back in nineteen sixty three or sixty two uh, which they don't drink in this film really, so that, so that's not too much of an issue I get, other than uh, Toad who gets sick right. from, from his bourbon or whatever he's drinking there, <laughs> right. um, that if you handed it to one of them, they would recognize it as beer and they sure. would enjoy it as <laughs> yeah. beer and there wouldn't be a problem.
1: American Graffiti, American Pilsner ah, this has been a fantastically <laughs> paired episode with
0: very little failure. I I agree Joe um, I we've only started the conversation though because the best thing about beer in a movie is that, that the conversation does not end here. Oh? You can find us on social media on Facebook, you can get us there, you can get us on Instagram under our handle at beer in a movie. You can go to our website beerinamoviepodcast.com for some nice curated list of our episodes as well as a link to our T public store where you can find various forms of merch really encourage you to do that. I was wearing my shirt the other day and it's was getting a lot of really, you know, lurid looks actually. I mean, it, yeah, yeah it's, it, it's been known to be, it's aphrodisiac if you wear one of <laughs> those, yeah. Um, <laughs> and you can join our chat on Discord. We've already mentioned that on the main episode. Seriously, folks, if you wanna join us there, we'd love to have you. Just ask us for the invite. Hit us up on Facebook or Instagram or wherever you go. And we'll send you that invite so you can get on Beer in a Movie. The conversation continues. We've also mentioned that we extend this conversation ourselves in our Patreon subscriber only after hours bonus episode. Uh, if you'd like to hear that, you can sign up at patreon.com Beer in a Movie podcast. We'd love to have you there. Also, we know you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, but before you leave, won't you please rate us please. and leave a review? Come on. We hope you'll make it five stars oh, so the. Of Algorithm can do what it do. Do what it do, and put us out there as an option for more listeners. You've just experienced another action-packed, carrific episode <laughs> of beer in a movie. Until next time. Yeah, uh, let me have a Three
1: Musketeers and a ballpoint pen and one of those combs there. A pint of Old Harper, a couple of flashlight batteries, and some beef jerky. <laughs>